Hey, 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 beautiful people. This is Carrie Holmes. Well, the word to encourage somebody to carry on. Um, I thought I would go live today because I uh, wanted to come back and address, and I'm sorry, I didn't put the caption in there. I wanted to come back and address the um, uh, current state of affairs regarding blackness, female womanhood, and blackness here uh, in the Lehigh Valley and I think that it really, if we understand that that's what it comes down to, I think we would change uh, the trajectory, the future of what we're looking at. I also think this has a lot to do with politics um, because of how it's being, um, being portrayed. So let me give anyone and anyone the basic principle of what we're looking at, the basic premise of what we're looking at, in case you're just tuning in. Um, there's a popular radio station within the Latino community uh, with a shock jock DJ who is really brash and um, disrespectful about a lot of things. And he and a group of his DJs um, went on about like a 45 minute segment rant about his visit to Puerto Rico. And in that segment, he he managed to compile within that short period of time all of the uh, most disgusting and degrading stereotypes of black women and interestingly enough or sadly enough he started out the segment by saying i know this is going to sound racist but literally if you were standing with a person and they said that you you should walk away or try to help them not have that conversation not say whatever they're saying at that moment but he didn't realize that was his cue or he did realize and he wanted to say it and I'll and I'll kind of get to that in the political spectrum you know even when I do these videos I like to come and say kind of right away where I'm going um, because what I want to do is um, encourage people to step into the political sphere um, with bravery and encourage us as sisters black sisters to really um, register people to vote because this man seriously thinks that he wants to run for something. And I think he was saying, oh, I'm going to run against Phil Armstrong when he, um, when he was supposed to be being a voice and a help and a support to another woman of color. Uh, in that case, she was uh, Latino, uh, Latina. So here it is, this man, he's talking about his trip to Puerto Rico. You can look around on uh, Facebook and kind of see how that's going down in a transcript or a loose transcript of that segment um, there was a joke about a monkey or monkeys in the segment he was talking about how these women um, and these tourists must have gotten some special deal um, to go to this part of Puerto Rico how he had been hearing about and I'm segmenting it this so that we can understand the connotations of you know and the kind of degradation and stereotypes that he was building on that black people are poor um, how did they afford the trip um, that he wanted to go or eventually ended up going uh, once he saw these black women twerking and smoking weed or whatever um, he added to the connotation of it uh, Jamaica New Orleans so he talked about black populations and black populated places in a very degrading and like you know nasty manner but every generalization that you could make about black women their bodies he they began to say how disgusting looking they were that none of them were good looking or else he would have reported them and it's just 
every every stereotype and kind of detrimental thing that can be said about black women and their bodies he said it and i i called him um i happened to have his number because of working most recently on um a political campaign um, that he was like the, a marketing supporter of, which is again the reason why it you know gets complex, um, because um, you want to know that the, the people you support in politics don't agree with this stuff, right? And they don't carry that this stuff in their heart. Fortunately, um, for us as Black people, the, um, and 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 I guess unfortunately as well, part of this conundrum is that I really believe this DJ really hates black people. Now he is Puerto Rican and he is fairly brown so it's a type of self-hatred that is really sad but I don't think it's only that he wants to be a shock jock and wants all this attention. I think he really does. I feel or I sense that he really does have a type of self-hatred and, and definitely has a hatred of blackness and black people. So that is sad. Um, only God can touch and change his heart. However, in the community space where he speaks, um, you know, it's not even worth giving someone attention and giving that flight or fire. But since he is a voice for so many, uh, you know, like a community voice is happening on the radio, it's happening live, then therefore it should be addressed so that's my take on it and because some people are like well what's it matter you know sticks and stones may break my bones words will never hurt me kind of thing um when you come into a place where you're talking about a platform of radio it's got sponsorship behind you you've got um and shout out to those who went and said you know what um we're going for your sponsors and i, I i'm not sure if i want to use too many names or what have you although i can do that on another video you know, I'm just gonna shout out the people I appreciate and how they're approaching this. Um, but, because I don't know who wants to be included in the conversation and who wants what they're doing and their strategies known. So it's, it's sometimes it's really great to work in the dark. No pun intended, it's getting dark out. So, this guy had all this to say. Maybe that's not so important because people are prejudiced every day since uh, Adam and Eve fell. Uh, and the next thing you know, the children they had, Cain was killing Abel. Hatred is of the devil. Hatred is of the enemy. Um, as I stated before, the reason why these things become important uh, and important for us as people of faith or myself as a woman of faith and ordained minister to speak about as a community leader here in the Lehigh Valley, specifically in the city of Allentown, where I was born and raised as a black woman, is really my foundation is that the God image that is printed on us, thank you, Holy Ghost, is... Um, Prejudice is an affront to that. You are saying that I disregard, I degrade, I stand against the representation that God wanted you to be in this earth because your skin is dirty, your representation, I deny it, and I exalt myself by culture, by class, by gender, by whatever, above you. And that is not God's design. So. At the heart of it, spiritually, it is just the enemy saying, I will be like the Most High. I will rearrange the system of how humanity is um, going to operate in this earth. Rather than equally as created uh, images of God, I'm going to cause uh, people to think and feel 
and create systems where they exalt themselves above that uh, divine system of equality. So that happens and then it happens uh, because man uh, can be pulled and moved to elevate himself above all others. We also have the gender issue, which is a little bit uh, frustrating at this point because on one hand, you would love to see your brothers stand up and speak up for you here in the Lehigh Valley, but then in the same case, you know, the man was talking about black women. Black women should be leading that conversation and should be leading the corrective elements that need to happen around it. And for black men to say, we're going to have a meeting with so-and-so and we're going to tell them, you know, what to do and what to, it's like, okay, hello, are we not creating the same system of disenfranchisement, the same system, the same system of disregard for black women? And the reason why this becomes a problem in the Lehigh Valley is that it's so cliquish. Um, and this gives people the opportunity to poke holes in any movement in any way that we go forward because it is obvious that you're not really speaking up for black women at the issue at hand. You're just picking and choosing the issue that you want to adopt or because somebody pulled down, you know, some thousand dollars of you, you're going to stand up for them. But you're not really standing up for righteousness or for what is right. Now, the other side of that coin is that, um, and this is why I know a lot of people ask me, well, why are you even in the forefront of these different things when, you know, you can't get any help and you have to fight for yourself? Because quite honestly, even if someone is very like aggrandizing and they're just doing something for themselves, right? If what they're saying is right, if the core or at the heart of what they're saying is right, even though they will never step up for someone else, they will never be a voice for anyone else, and they will never come to the plate unless they are the center of attention. If at the heart of the issue, there's an element of righteousness that I have anything to do with, that I can move forward, or that I know my destiny pertains to, I will step in, be a part, help, and I'll even give that person any platform that the Lord God may have um, blessed me with, right? So that's the reason why that happens. And you know, at, at night when you lay down your head, you need to know that things are right between you and your creator. And you know, that's, I pray about what I'm gonna speak on, what I'm gonna say, how I'm gonna say it, who I'm gonna say it to, when I'm gonna say it. And tonight I felt or sense felt led to kind of address these nuances because it is so frustrating uh, for community leaders to stand by and watch stuff go down and listen to this man and I'm telling you the reason why it's so concerning is really on the political end personally I'm concerned as a person of faith that someone I know and have interacted with has such hatred in their heart that is that is sad and 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 horrible and a whole lot of things. Let me see if I can turn on my light. Um, I'll see if it'll help at all. I don't know. That looks weird. I don't think we need it. You guys can see me okay, right? That's a little too much. So that's that's the sad thing. I'm sad to know that this man is, is bound up with hatred. I'm also, <laughs> I'm also not, um, this, I'm also not, we're not stupid. He said he's running a writing campaign. 
every time he gets up and says something for or about something or someone, it's always, it always comes out with, oh, and I'm gonna be this, I'm gonna be that, I'm gonna do that, I'm, you know? So it's all about him. And that's, uh, that's irritating, it's just frustrating to be so self-centered. Like if you're coming to help somebody, come and help them. Here's the other thing that's frustrating. We don't pay attention, especially as women, especially as people of color, community leaders, you know someone's two-faced. You know that they're on today and off tomorrow. And then you push everybody into this scenario where you're working with them, you want everyone to work with them. And I have told people, time out for inboxing me, telling me who I should work with and how. Especially if you are not black and you're not a black woman coming from outside of the culture of the community saying, oh, you need to do this. Because for time and eternity, people have been trying to dictate to black people where they need to stand. And if you haven't noticed in the history of America, civil rights is best done by those who are oppressed. And even that is biblical in nature. Acts 6, which you've heard me talk about before, if you've listened to any of my videos regarding blackness, culture, and color, again, from a perspective of faith, apostles said, listen, we hear this is a problem, that those of you who um, are Greek are saying that your widows, the, the, the most helpless and the, need, the needy are being, um, are being affected and, and, and disregarded by those who call themselves Christian leaders, right, at the time, they said, we're gonna concentrate on the word and prayer, but you look out amongst yourselves, those who can address this issue with integrity and with forthrightness. And that was where you get Philip, the, one of the first martyrs of the church. The Bible says that he was full of wisdom, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the spirit, and that he operated in signs and wonders and, power of God, and the power of God around him and in him. This is the Acts 6 model. It's not about a report. It's not about following I mean, and these were Christian leaders who also operated in the governmental realm. So I'm always like, ah, you know, when people are like, well, we'll fix it. We'll go down in the neighborhood. You've heard me talk about that. That's the same scenario that I'm talking about with this, <laughs> for, for lack of a, a better term, gentleman on the radio, um, having all this to say about black women and then to go on and say, well, we're not talking about all black women. You managed to compile every negative and degrading stereotype in less than 45 minutes, and then you want to dial back, well, this segment about how ugly they were wasn't about all black women. We're just saying these black women were ugly. Well, guess what? You're still operating on a stereotypical plane and platform that you think, as a shock jock, you can come back to the Lehigh Valley and say they were so ugly. Go go, I don't want to say go talk about your own people because you shouldn't be doing that anyway. And I don't want to open up that door. But I said to him, when I spoke to him on the phone, I said, either you are completely ignorant and you don't understand that Puerto Rico has a history of prejudice against black people, has a history of, you know, um, this character, Jujo or whatever the monkey character, you know, it has a has several different names and takes on several different connotations and representations but it's this black backwards monkey person uh animal kind of you know three-fifths human thing that is on shows like the gong show and represented in cartoons and on the news and i mean it's everywhere and it's like okay you just didn't know that that you know that that was degrading that it's out there that it's in puerto rico listen i went to puerto rico and i've seen it myself 
Um, but I've also seen the celebration of blackness and I've also seen the celebration there of Africanness and I've seen that with my uh, Latino sisters here now I'm a woman of Me I'm a black woman of Mexican heritage there's Mexican heritage on my mother's side so this hits homes it hits home <laughs> in a lot of ways yeah it hits homes in a lot of ways um, and you know today I think it just hurt and I don't even know if if the DJ realizes how much he's misrepresenting um, Latinos and Latino males because literally after hearing about this as I am quite often and and went throughout the day in spaces with other Latino community members immediately in my heart I was like wow I wonder if they are thinking that way about me it doesn't matter how I dress how I look what I'm doing I'm not anywhere twerking ever you know um, <laughs> There's so many jokes behind that, but I won't even go there. And I was just like, man, because again, you recognize that all of the comments behind what this shock jock was saying um, for his own attention, his own agenda and his own hatred and his own nastiness and his own selfishness is that there were other women, other men, other community members that were agreeing like yeah all they do is drink Hennessy with all of these negative um, stereotypes all they do is drink weed they have no they have no respect and it was crazy to me when he's like why did you come to our island and disrespect it you know how would you like it if someone came to you you know like all the like that was the reason why he said something because I heard all of these black people and I saw all these reports that the news was saying like the news doesn't have bias and that's one thing I said to him are you crazy? Like you just take it at, at face value what the news is saying when statistically there's report after report after report how even our news, which is supposed to be, you know, given to us straight, no chaser or whatever, right, is um, biased. And, and when there's a bad story to tell and a bad story to say something about black people or some person in black skin, you're going to get that story. And of course, the fact that you're Latino, literally, you're talking about yourself. African culture is running right through your veins. I mean, it's just, it's just right there. Just crazy. And for him to say, oh, why don't you go? And I was like, does he not know history? Like, to me, it was so crazy. Like, hello, um, people being stolen from Africa, right? Um, enslaved Africans being brought to your <laughs> beautiful island of Puerto Rico being made to work in the in the sugarcane fields like hello that is exactly what happened you people came your people spaniards and 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 and, and it's still going on today you can go to puerto rico and you can ask anybody as if you can only ask puerto ricans but you can ask anybody and you can ask our puerto rican brothers and sisters what type of prejudice is happening there on the island there is still a whole caste of colorism and that caste system that that um is deeply entrenched you know the this civil rights movement that thank god happened here by the voice of the reverend dr martin luther king jr that touched many places in the world but there's many places that 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 voice still needs to be heard and those truths still need to be spoken those dreams still need to be dreamed and those visions and those prophetic words they still need to be spoken don't forget that we just had a uh, a world leader here in the US who was called our president speak word curses over Haiti and places where dark-skinned people um, originate come from and hold as their residents in their home.
all right so again i'm talking spiritually i'm talking culturally i'm trying to cover it all and um i because <laughs> i feel like i know i have something to say this time because he's, he's just so degrading against black women and then for black men here in the lehigh valley to um act like they want to stand up on this issue but whenever there's something going down and black women are being degraded and politics when when there's a black woman here in the lehigh valley who moves people to the polls who has been registering voters had the police called on her crickets crickets from the black community crickets from the latino community crickets 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 like you you didn't hear anything no one no one had anything to say and she literally had to fight on her own and I'm very careful to share these things because I do see a lot of people, I mean, it's kind of like a heart-wrenching situation because I'll hear a lot of people going, well, what about these other situations? And I really want to tell them, focus on this situation. But I want to tell you, that's what makes it so plausible for people to shoot holes in your argument when you say you want to stand up and you want people to leave groups and go do this and speak up like that. You don't do that. You, don't, you didn't speak up for us. You didn't have anything to say when the very, I mean, this man is talking about black women in Puerto Rico who probably no one here in the Lehigh Valley knows a one of those women. You know, the world is a small place, so maybe they know, 60 degrees of separation. But you've got black sisters right here, hello? You've got black sisters right here who need your voice, need your help, needed your voice, needed your help. I was in a group um, invited by the coordinator of the group who is a black leader in discussions with them about black community um, politics and building, only for that same group to turn around and build an event with every one of the um, nonprofits, uh, every one of the nonprofit leaders and every one of the group and business leaders that was in that group, they put them all on the bottom of a flyer and hosted an event. Somehow, our group, the Rising Sun Initiative, that I lead, I'm sitting right there going, this is a, a riot. Not included, not invited, had no information. And the thing that tripped me out is when they posted the flyer, they came and posted it and promoted it in the group that I had created for our platform for black people. That is the, that's Lehigh Valley-ness. I mean, these folks are shady, they're messy, they're petty, and I'm trying to be out here and be like, okay, Check yourself, Carrie. Don't be shady. Don't be messy. Don't be petty. Which is why when there's something that comes up and it's an issue, I may not agree with the person on every way that they handled everything. On They may be self-centered. They may be doing it just for their own shine. They may doing it, be doing it to line their own pockets. But if at the core there is some type of righteousness or something there that I see, I will step up to the plate and stand with them. That's politically, that's culturally, that's communally, you know, in any way that I can. And that's, that's the way that I believe I need to show up in the world. That's what I believe that God has given me to do. And um, I also do address when people are just full of baloney. You know, it's not all of us or none of us. It's mostly just you. It's not, you know, it is just us four and no more. And that's pretty much the way the Lehigh Valley operates. Um, and I think the, the unfortunate thing is that when it becomes, or something that has to do with Carrie Holmes, people totally expect Carrie Holmes not to say anything. But, you know, I, I have the ability to step back and remove myself 
from myself, if you understand what I mean. And the unfortunate thing is I know that if it's happening to me, it is happening to other black women. Too many black women here in the Lehigh Valley, let alone across this, the waters in Puerto Rico, you know, across the airwaves in Puerto Rico, you got to get on a plane to go over there. And you can't pick up the phone and invite your sisters, your black sisters right here, into the conversations that you're having, the... You know, they have to fight for themselves. We have to be here by ourselves doing our own thing. And many of you, I don't have to go into all the details of some of the situations I'm talking about because of two reasons. Number one, you know exactly what happened. Or number two, there's such a similar situation that you can equate with it that you know it's true. So, you know, whether or not I run down the list of how a black woman has to stand by herself, and I'm not even talking about myself, um, I'm talking about another woman who's very strong in politics um, and was just hung out to dry. And nobody batted an eye, as the saying goes. Um, and it's unfortunate because I, I said to one gentleman today, I said to him to tonight, I said, you know, I don't have any expectations of the Lehigh Valley to speak up and do anything. I don't have any expectations for anybody to ring my phone and be like, oh, I see what you're going through, or how do you feel about this, or you're a leader in the community. Please, one thing that you learn reading the scriptures, following what God has given you to do and living here in the Lehigh Valley and living here in the Lehigh Valley is that God is your refuge. God is your strength. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. And one thing I will say that may give some hope to uh, any of my black sisters watching, salute to you, those who ran, um, those who won, um, to my Latino sisters who are saying that this rhetoric against black women and against our beauty and our blackness is wrong. Um, thank you for that. Everything that you, that our sisters are doing everywhere, everywhere that anybody's doing anything, thank you. But I will say this, that, um, where was I going with that thought? Um, I wanted to share this as an encouragement <laughs> that um, as much as you won't know, as much as you may know people who aren't speaking up for you, there's somebody somewhere saying your name right now and and announcing you in places of favor that you don't even know that is happening and um i i like to concentrate and remember and remind myself of that because there's been many times where the people that i expected to speak up for me didn't but somebody somewhere was speaking up for me and speaking on my behalf somewhere somewhere some boardroom some meeting some opportunity right there was a destiny helper there and one thing I've learned is that you might not be able to depend on the people you think you should or would depend on but God is always going to take up for you if you are if your heart is pure and if you're doing what is right the best way that you know how and that's the reason why as I said I will go to bat for people who I know are selfish people who I know are prideful people who I know are only about themselves <clears throat> Excuse me, if at the core of what they're saying or doing is something that I believe in, that I can see is scripturally and, and spiritually and, and um, biblically based that we should be talking about. So I do believe that we should be talking about the beauty of black women when it is attacked, when it is stereotyped, when it is maligned, when it is disregarded and when it is degraded by anyone, but certainly in a platform and by our own cousins. You know, 
like I said in the beginning, I'm so sad to know that this gentleman who was speaking all of these derogatory things against black people and that group of black people um, truly has hatred in his heart for himself, for the beauty of God's creation and the beauty of blackness. And anybody who's black or Afro-Latino or Afro-Latina next to him needs to be careful because you cannot calculate what that hatred will do. There's no amount of money that he can pour into any type of advertising that can make up for what he will do because of the condition of his heart. And we need to understand that. And, I, and I'm, I'm a little bit frustrated with people, especially people who are like, oh, you should get involved with this and you should do that. And I'm like, no, I'm not getting involved with that. I know that that person's not trustworthy. I know that they, you know, are gonna flip in two seconds. Ay, 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 you know? But then people wanna tell you to leave a group and do this and they want you to, you know, step aside from this and stand up for that. And I'm like, where were you standing up when everybody else needed you to stand up? Now you're the God of who should stand up? It's so frustrating. But I will say that um, I'm not I'm not moved by it. I am frustrated by it, but I'm not moved by it. It's ridiculous. Um, and that's why. Um, because I pray and I ask God, what should I say? Should I say anything? Is this something that you are addressing in your word? Is this something you're addressing in this Kairos moment in time? Is there a word to say that will shift the atmosphere? And then I say it. Or I encourage someone else to say it. And I ask God to give me the strength to say it. But I will tell you, it's a painful thing to, um, it's a painful thing for all of this blackness to be, um, to be degraded because we are, black people are beautiful. Our relationship and our kinship to our Puerto Rican brothers and sisters is, should be a thing of beauty. It should be a thing that we're celebrating. I remember uh, someone was criticizing our Black History Month celebration um, that we've looked to lead and celebrate Africanness. And they were like, well, what about Afro-Latinos? And I was like, really? If we wanted to have this conversation, right? Here we are now. Um, they wouldn't want to have the conversation because there's too much entrenched around it, too much colorism, right? Too much, too many issues. And right here in the Lehigh Valley, and I don't believe in just celebrating over a whole bunch of mess. But I didn't go online to, you know, kind of answer that and go tip for tat. Because at that time, we just really need to focus on the, uh, the awesome scope of our of our event. It was drawing like two to 300 people. At the minimum, when we would start, there'd be like 150 people there. And it takes enough to, you know, to run that event. Um, and to, you know, liaison with a city that is mainly white males in power. Um, and you're getting them to back um, and see the importance of backing and how to back a Black History Month celebration. So imagine that. But um, nonetheless, um, you know, and again, it's women attacking women, just even saying, oh, the event was this, this, or that. I was like, you know, if you go and you hold your own event and you want to tackle these issues as far as the Afro-Caribbean connection, go for it. You know, have at it all day. But the God image of who we are and how he has imprinted us and, and caused us to show up in the world um, is for his purposes. It is for his pleasure. David said, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and that my soul knows very well. So please understand that... Um, it's not just someone attacking a black woman's appearance. 
while she's vacationing in Puerto Rico or how a group of black women are acting. I think the scripture shows us, as David said, that the parts of you that the physical parts of you that make up the you who you are physically has God's hand on that. God's hand is on that. And when someone attacks that because of your culture or color, um, it is painful. It is painful to the culture. It is painful uh, culturally. It's painful personally. And it's wrong spiritually. It's evil and it's diabolical spiritually. Um, which is really probably the only hope is that that can be combated that way. We dissolve arguments and we pull down these imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God that says we know <laughs> that our creator endowed us with certain inalienable rights, right? And that we were created by a God who loves us and has called us all to, to eventually come around his throne for eternity. Now, let me please also share with you that just like with Esther, uh, when it was time for her to stand strong in her ethnicity and culture and her um, her spirituality of what that meant, um, she did that, you know? So um, for those of you who want to inbox me and question why I'm talking about this or that I should be, you know, just grateful for any whites or Latinos that, you know, are doing anything, listen, we need to do more and we need to be Christ-like. Please know that African Americans are very skilled and have been very successful, and dare I say anointed of God, to break down this stronghold of racism, especially here in America. And if you can't seem to listen to them and you can't seem to hear their voice, don't inbox them and discourage them from what they're saying. Just don't. Just don't do it. You know, as far as my Christian brothers and sisters are concerned, if this is the first time you're hearing about this radio station and what they had to say, and you're like, why is she doing this? Please, please close your mouth and keep it to yourself. Seriously, you're just a gainsayer. And I, I just pray that God would shut your mouth because it's one thing if you don't want to speak up, but it's another thing if you don't recognize that God speaks up. The Psalm 103 says that God executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He, he himself made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. And the scripture goes on to say how he delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of bondage. And remember that all of the cultural and classisms and, and, and racism that we're facing today was present with them, Joseph told him, he said, he told his father and his family, when you come, because they despise shepherds, tell them that you're shepherds and you want to go to a land called Goshen. And the reason why they accepted that strategic positioning of those people is because they wanted them away from them. And then all of a sudden, a new leader rises up that doesn't recognize Joseph. And he says, you know what? This idea came into his head from somewhere that even though these people have been living peaceably among us, and even though they are here causing us no problems and they're working and they're the workforce and, and they're, you know, doing what no one else wants to do, right? Um, <laughs> this idea came into his head that, you know, Something's going to happen. They're going to revolt. We need to put them under sore, um, you know, types of, all types of, uh, of bondage and, and, and uh, work conditions. 
to the point that they said, you know what, otherwise they're going to grow strong. And then they created an idea of, of how they were going to create this genocide against them, that all of the um, Hebrew children um, and males should be drowned. You do remember that's the story of Moses, right? Come on here, somebody. Jesus, Holy Spirit, be my strength tonight. Help me preach this, Jesus. So, in all seriousness, I think when we just open up our Bibles and open up our minds instead of just letting ourselves, you know, be like, oh, Black Lives Matter. Like, hello, God has already stated that when there's a group that's oppressed, you've got to be a voice and speak up for them. I'm, I tell you, in America, I... I think it's the church's job to do a lot of the speaking up and standing up. And when we don't, it's just like uh, Mordecai said to Esther, if you won't stand up and be a voice of deliverance because of your own prejudice or because you just don't want to face... Because you don't want to face, uh, you know, the scrutiny <clears throat> of your peers or whatever the reason is, I'll raise up deliverance from another place. And I feel like there's a lot of things that the body of Christ should be saying and that ministers and theologians and pastors and preachers here in the Lehigh Valley and across the world could and should be saying, but because of their own bias and because of their own prejudice, they don't. Um, even on our own personal pages, if you notice, <clears throat> a lot of times, the only way that we're representing black people is by putting up jokes and putting up memes with black people, you know, being funny. And I mean, did you ever stop to think about the fact that if the only if the only two things that you ever put up on your page that represents black people is jokes and a preacher or a comedian and a preacher, your your narrow perception of black people is harmful. It is not spiritually full. It is not divinely inspired. <clears throat> Excuse me, and it is not divinely informed. Black people aren't a joke. Black people aren't just for entertainment, and we do more than preach. We do more than sports, you know? Black women are more than your girlfriend. And if you haven't had the opportunity to face that, experience it, and deconstruct that, pray in the Holy Ghost and ask the Lord to give you some relationships. Ask the Lord to give you some, you know, a, you know encouragement in your own spirit to go get some information. Go read a book. Go download something online and find out what God is doing in the lives and the communities of black leaders. Um, contact Kimberly Holmes, who leads Unity One, that is you know, passionate about the representation of all cultures as we will eventually see them around the throne. And on that note, I will end with saying that um, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We will sing and shout the victory when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We will sing and shout the victory. So that is not what I was going to say, but that was in my spirit. I'm glad I got it out. I was going to say that um, it's amazing to think that God specifically showed John uh, a number that no man could number of redeemed people. And he mentions in particular 
that it was people of all kindreds, tribes, tongues, and nations. Like, that's important to God. And, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not just race, which is a construct, a human construct here on this earth, but our culture and our ethnicity is divine. And this is the reason why um, you will find people like myself divinely inspired to speak about the divine element of our ethnicity. Um, it is not a cultural thing. It is not just a, a social thing, right? Um, Jesus said he wanted John to know after he died on the cross and said it is finished. He came back with a message for John for the churches. And one of those things that he showed John, one of the mysteries that he showed John and opened his eyes to see is that our ethnicity is divine. Every kindred, every people from every tribe, every nation are gathered around the throne. So these things, we get a sense there. Don't you get a sense that that's important to God? Um, love and blessings to each of you and all of you. I'm going to head out and uh, um, just continue to ask God for what to do and how to do it. I've kind of got an idea that um, celebrating our blackness as women with our Latino, uh, Latina sisters would be a beautiful thing to do on Friday night, like a Juneteenth event, maybe queen for the day. And um, I'm going to reach out. I'm thinking scholarships, but also want to present something so that it's not like you have to be in this dignified attire to win the respect of, you know, for your blackness. I really believe that um, we could do something beautiful to celebrate um, black women and, and, and let them feel celebrated in light of what this man has used his platform here in the Lehigh Valley to, um, to promote. And I would love for there to be voter registration because believe you me, politically, um, I've heard him say that he's coming into the political realm some way or another. And um, I really pray that the hearts of our Latino brothers and sisters, our Hispanic brothers and sisters, I'm praying that they be shielded from the hatred that he's giving and that they would also be touched by the love of God to remove any of the biases or hatred or disdain that they hold because there are a lot of people commenting their agreement uh, with, with the harmful and degrading things that this man said about black women, their bodies, their appearance, um, themselves and, and their activity and all of those things can be addressed but he started out saying this is going to sound racist so he knew he knew what he was setting up um, and unfortunately I think it, it was intentional and unfortunately I wouldn't want to see someone like that in in office creating policy for any of us because here's what I know when you disregard and degrade and malign the God image of someone because of the color of their skin, you have a disregard for humanity and God's imprint everywhere, which includes vulnerable people, the least of these. And that's something that I don't think we've really come to understand, that prejudice is harmful in the heart of people, not just because of the groups that they're prejudiced against, but it, it, it's something that eats away at your soul. 
And uh, I used the example yesterday of the, the husband and wife doctor uh, of, the, of psychology, doctors of psychology that, excuse me, helped to develop the um, uh, scientific studies around Brown versus the Board of Education to desegregate schools in the South. And they basically um, actually lamented afterwards that the full studies weren't put forward. Um, the full study showed that not only black children were affected negatively by um, segregation, but that white children were affected negatively. It gave them a false sense of pride. Um, it gave them an inflated sense of ego. And um, it caused them to... It caused them to... Um, act in ways uncaring even towards others of their own culture and um, I don't I don't think we've really captured that and I understand I understand those psychologists lamenting that that wasn't shared with the American people um, how how degrading it is to be prejudiced to the person who is prejudiced um, because it's it's the trick of the enemy and you, you, can't, you can't spew out that much poison and not die from it. And that note, please pray for the Lehigh Valley. Please pray over the realm and the mountain and sphere of, and, and uh, the atmosphere and politics that only the righteous would stand um, and that only love would prevail and that truth, God's truth would march on. And I believe when that happens, in the words of Dr. King, um, that we can hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. Um, and one day, even here in the Lehigh Valley, people will be judged by the content of their character. And if they're acting up in Cancun, Puerto Rico, or Miami, or wherever, it'll be because they're acting up, not because they're dirty, nasty, lewd, over-sexualized, monkey-looking black women. Because we're not. We're beautiful queens. Rather, those queens are in suits or in bikinis. And the vacation activities of any black woman or any woman is not the totality of who she is. Um, and quite possibly... These words are not the totality of who this man is. Possibly. Possibly. Um, there's lots of layers to things he has said and done, which I think show us who he is. Uh, and that, again, that's a heart that can only be changed by God. And God have mercy on his, his children and his wife, that, that they are never, um, I pray that they are never faced with a type of hatred and vitriol that that he is creating and causing and I pray mercy on, on him um, and I pray for the strength and character of our leaders who call themselves speaking up um, that they would do so for all things that are right when it is in their power to do so and um, please keep me in prayer as well and my heart would remain pure and clean before God. I love each of you. Mwah. Remember that you can carry on. And once again, just highlight the example of Esther. God is raising up voices of deliverance, voices of power, 
If you see wrong and you see prejudice or something happening in a store, in your neighborhood, if your family's making jokes, please, 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 for God's sake, for the kingdom's sake, for our community's sake, for generations' sake, say something. Don't just remain silent. Ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. Ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom of how to say, what to say, and when to say. And ask the Holy Spirit to touch your heart with the desire, you know, a desire that rises above the uncomfortableness of calling people on their cultural degradation, calling straight hair good hair, um, referring to black people as the blacks, <laughs> you know, like inanimate objects or something like that, you know. Ask the Holy Spirit, if you're a believer, to, to move your heart if you have just fallen into this rhetoric about Black Lives Matter and, um, you know, like, oh, that's trash. What is the body of Christ doing? And don't always run to the most comfortable narrative for you. You should be challenged. You know, Esther had to step up to a challenge. Please don't be comfortable. And please hear black people and black people here in the Lehigh Valley and in this time and season, it's time for black women to speak the truth and to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In the meantime, God will heal our hearts, cover us, and have his way in us, we pray. All right? I love you each, regardless, in spite of, and only because of Jesus. Have an awesome night and continue um, to love one another. Um, this is... This is what God asks us to do, to be one. And being one doesn't mean just sweeping stuff under the rug. We need to, we need to hear the Holy Spirit about what to do and how to do it. I love you each. God bless you. And I'll talk to you soon. Remember that you can carry on.